0: Um, Lord, I apologize for for those announcements. Um, Those are good. Again, every week, this is the first time I've seen them, um, is with you guys. So, whew, those are good ones. Um, I'm I'm liking them. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Central. And as we get started today, I just want to call your attention to this card that's in the seat um, back in front of you. And a lot of QR codes on there. Anything that you want to know, more information about the church, ways to give. And one of the big things is, is if you're a guest, you can, you can check in right here, get to know us better, we can get to know you better. But also, you can uh, follow along with today's message by scanning one of the QR codes right there. So I wanted you guys to know about that. Or you can use the screens um, right here. Well, it's been a great summer. I'm so glad you guys are here with us. I'm glad you guys are watching um, online with us. It's been a, a busy summer, and it's just, uh, we're still in the middle of it. In fact, when the kids go here next week, with a lot of our people going to be gone, and we just want to pray for them. So make sure you grab one of the bracelets as you leave today so you can pray for the kids when they are at kids' camp. But this summer, our, our staff, we've been praying, we've been strategizing and getting prepared for the future here at our church. And, in fact, we've been laying out what, looks, what, what next is for Central. And one of the things we've realized as a church is that we have grown. We really have. Since COVID hit, churches, honestly, around the, the country have really struggled. Many of them, in fact, most of them have declined. Uh, but here at Central, I wanted to call your attention to some things that have happened here. Since 2020, our church has, has had 53 baptisms um, in this short amount of time, which is amazing, it's awesome. Praise God for that. We've also had 151 new members join our church, which is pretty, pretty cool. But honestly, one of the, maybe those things aren't the best way to gauge what's going on, the health of our church. In fact, a better way to maybe look at the health of our church is to look at those and count the number of people who are connected with our church. Those who attend, those who serve, and those who are involved. And as uh, the average church in America has declined by 15% in the last two years, which is a sad reality, Central has grown by, get this, 55%, which is crazy. Um, it's crazy. A lot of stuff's happened. Now, here's the deal. With, with, with growth comes challenges, and we realize that there are some challenges. There's There's challenges that you and I, we're going to have to face together. We have space issues that we need to address. We have some programming issues that we need to address. And so this announcement for you guys today, that sometime next year, our church is going to change up some of the ways that we do Sunday morning programming. So here's how it's going to look like in just kind of a a basic way. First is this, that we're going to go to at least... Two identical worship services at least we don 't know what that looks like yet, but we 're going to be doing that. another thing we 're going to be doing is possibly going to uh, two small group times um, during Sunday mornings or dur- during the week. Now, the reason we do that is is so that we can reach the lost. we want to reach the lost we want to disciple the saved we want to make a greater impact in the kingdom and we know that that some things are gonna happen. We know that, that it's, it's going to affect our church. We know that's gonna affect Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings are gonna start to look different next year. And I also know that it's gonna affect you, it's gonna affect your family, but guess what? It's also going to affect the people who are not here yet. Amen. The people who need Jesus, the people who are looking for a relationship with Jesus, who are searching for hope, and it's gonna be an opportunity for us to come alongside them and see lives change. Now, a couple things to to let you guys know, we don't know what it's going to look like, okay? We don't have a timeline yet. We don't have all the details. So if you come and ask us all the details, we're gonna be like, we don't know yet. Because the truth is, we don't know. But I will say this, it is going to be a a Christ-centered, an evangelism-focused, and a prayer-covered shift for our church. And it's gonna be a great thing. So here is my, my call to you and my ask for people that call Central Home is to do this, to pray. I need you to start praying. We don't know when this can going to happen or what, but we want to, you guys to know about it well in advance so that you can be praying. Another thing I'd ask you to do is, to, is do this, to be open-handed. Because with change comes some, some emotions. I get it. It's difficult to change. But when we change for the right reasons... We are allowing God to work in us and through us. And so I'm going to ask you to be open-handed. And the last thing we're going to do is we're going to do this together. This isn't going to be some secret that we just say, hey, next week we're doing all this. That's why we're letting you guys know right now that that things are going to be happening sometime um, in the future. So be praying about it. Be open-handed. and Let's do this together. Because our vision here at, at Central is to be a church where Jesus changes everything. And when he changes people's lives who are far from God, sometimes it means that we have to change as well and be prepared for those who aren't here yet. So just like our church is, is changing, I was thinking about this, that our culture has changed a lot. And one of the things that has changed quite a bit is, is are movies. I don't know about you, but movies back in the day are way different than movies today. In fact, movies today are usually shorter, and they have to to keep your attention continually. But I remember when I was at my my grandparents' house, we used to put in the VHS tapes. Kids, y'all don't know what that is. Okay, so VHS tape. And we watched movies like Gone with the Wind. Anybody? Okay. Ben-Hur. You know? The Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston, that, that movie. Did you know that those movies were three to four hours long? Isn't that crazy? They were so long, they had like an intermission in the middle so you can get up and uh, take care of business before you continued to watch the movie. These movies were so long. Today, these mo- the movies are not that long at all. And honestly, something else has changed in our culture is the length of sermons has, has changed. I mean, back in the day, sermons used to be a lot longer than they are today. In fact, churchgoers, if you polled them, they'd probably say that that the sermons are, are too long. And the pastor would say the sermon is, is too short, okay? Um, but the best sermon length is honestly just as long as you can keep people's attention, okay? So let's pray and we'll be done. No, i just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> just as long as you can keep people's attention. And we've been reading through the Sermon on the Mount. This is a sermon we've been going through this summer. And Honestly, if you were to read, just read it, it'd only take you about 14 minutes to read all of it. So it's a pretty short sermon. But for us to understand it in today's culture, to translate it from their culture to our culture, it takes quite a long time. And so you can think of this series that we're calling The Best Sermon Ever. You could think of it as just one six-week-long sermon. And if you were to listen to a sermon for six weeks you're probably not going to remember any of it, okay, just to be honest. And so let me recap a little bit the last two weeks What we've been going through as we jump in um, to today's message. And so the last couple weeks we've been talking through the Beatitudes, that was was week number one, And, and we discussed how when you live out the Beatitude life, then you can become salt and light in the world, okay, which is an awesome thing, Jesus wants you to be that. And show people who he is and who you are, okay, to the world. And then last week we looked at how when you really follow after Jesus, it's not about following a bunch of old rules. It's about having a relationship and it's about what's going on inside of your heart. So today, Jesus is going to continue and he's going to teach us this incredible life lesson. See so you your Bibles? Turn to Matthew chapter 6. we were in all of Matthew chapter 5 the last two weeks. We're jumping into chapter 6. Today. And I'll have all these verses up here on the screen, but here's the first one. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now, first off, I look at that and I read that, and I think that it almost seems like that contradicts what Jesus just said earlier about being salt and light. So to be salt and light, you're going to have influence in the world. That's what it means to have an impact. And so when you're salt, you have an impact in your culture. People see you living out your faith, and it changes people's lives. When you're light to a dark place, people recognize you for who you are as a Christ follower. But then he says this, when when you're practicing your righteousness, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Because it says, beware if you're doing that in order to be seen by people. And so this isn't contradicting what Jesus is saying. It's actually clarifying how we're supposed to walk in this life. And so it begins and says this word, beware. And I can think of it like this, like this this big danger or or warning sign, this this keep out sign. When you see one of these, like it, it causes you to pause and to think through, should I continue going down that path, right? Or should I go through that gate? It says, Danger, keep out, okay? And so in a way, Jesus is kind of putting this sign in front of us and saying that, hey, be warned. The Christian life, there is a warning in this Christian life. And he says, and he goes back, I'll go back to this verse, he says, when you're, when you're practicing your righteousness before others or when you're living out your faith, something's going to happen. When you're living out your faith in front of other people, people are going to notice. People are going to recognize that you're, you're actually living out your faith. But you have to do that for the right reasons, And so people seeing you, living out your faith, doing good deeds and and that sort of thing, that should be a byproduct of your relationship with God. It should not be the reason you're doing the things that you're doing. And Jesus warns us when we're living out our faith to not do it for the wrong reasons. He says in order to be seen by others. Be careful when you're living out your faith for the purpose of being seen by other people. you know what? Here's a good example. So if you guys go to a restaurant, you've probably been to a restaurant with your buddies, with your family, and the check comes, okay? What does everybody do? Either ignore it, okay? Or you're like, I got this, or someone's like, oh, no, I got this, and you like fight over it. And it's just like a fake fight, because really, you don't really don't want to pay for it, but you're just like, oh, oh, I can't. oh, you got your card out before I did, okay? But that person is like, I got this. And then when everybody no, they to know. They want the other tables around them. I got this. this is mine. And they throw their card on the, on the table. The waitress takes it and goes off and runs the card. They bring the card back to you, and you take it. And instead of, like, being private about it and, like, writing a, a good tip, I mean, you give them a good tip. You know, hey, if you guys are going out to eat today, give your waiter or waitress a good tip, okay? It's a Christian thing to do. But instead of writing, like, a small tip and then, then folding it and, and kind of putting aside, what do a lot of us do? We wrap that tip as big as we can, right? And then we just kind of set it out there so that everybody at the table can see what, how good of a Christian you are, right? And that's a great example of, of this idea of doing the right thing for the wrong reason. And so this is all talking about what is, your, what is your motivation? Is your motivation for doing good to love God and love people or is your motivation to get an applause from other people? And that's the big question for today. And you want to know what Jesus calls that? He calls it being a hypocrite. To be a hypocrite means to be fake. Or where your, your beliefs and your behaviors, they don't line up. In fact, most of the world looks at Christians and says, that is who you are. You're hypocrites. And Jesus he describes three big ways back then that you could be the biggest hypocrite. In fact, the way you can think about it, there are like three pillars of hypocrisy. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through these really quick. These three pillars of hypocrisy. And maybe a better way to even illustrate it is to show this image right here. Like, like literal pillars in in first century, that when you were to be religious, if you were really going to, I mean, if you were gonna get the applause of other people and people are gonna be like, man, that, that person is just an amazing individual, you would do these things really well. So giving, praying, and fasting. So Jesus, he uses these as examples. So let's go through them. Look at verse two in Matthew chapter six. Here's how it starts about giving. Verse two. Here's what he says. Thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. And so here's what what would happen. These Pharisees, these really religious people, they would walk around, okay, and they got an entourage behind them. And they would see like a homeless or poor person on the street. And these Pharisees, they would give to them, but they... Wanted to make sure that everybody saw them. So it's like, hey, cameras, make sure the camera crew follows me. All right, let me get in the, the best light. Okay, move right here. Okay, I'm going to give this money right here. You get the good shot. Okay, let's, let's try Take two. Let's try it again. Okay, so they would do that so that people could see them. They would sound the trumpets so everybody knew what was going on. And the reality is sometimes we do that. We give, we do a good thing for the wrong reasons. And he goes on and says this. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, in verse 3, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So it's not talking about you can only give in in secret, but it's saying the motive, the reason why you are giving. So is it okay to give in public? Yes, it's okay to give in public. In fact, Acts chapter 4, there are several times that the church, they would literally, the Bible says that they would come together and they would give openly in public um, and and put their offerings at the apostles' feet. In fact, Barnabas was one of the guys that did that. He went and sold a a big uh, plot of land and he took all that money and he gave it um, to the church. And so it's okay to give that way if your motives are pure. But if your motives are backwards, then Jesus has a real problem with that. And he says here, the purpose for them is that they may be praised by others. So in a nutshell, when you give, you need to give for the right reasons. So that's pillar number 1 about giving. So here goes, Jesus is going to jump in with them into pillar number 2, which is all about prayer. So look at verse 5. Verse 5 says and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites again, okay? For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, again, that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. And so here's what I see here, is that first off, prayer is very personal. It's between you, God, you and God. It's a relationship. It's a communication between you and God. But prayer is also very public. We see this throughout the early church. We see this throughout Christianity that your faith is not a private faith. And throughout the New Testament, people would, they would pray out in public. They would pray in, in, in the church services. They would pray at meals. And then when, when the church was in need or someone was in need, the Bible says a lot of times they would come together and pray together. So it's, a, it's okay to pray in public, but it's all about why you're doing that. So, again, doing the right things for the right reasons. But Jesus isn't finished with prayer. He goes on and says something that's pretty famous. Look at um, verse verse seven. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you before you ask Him. Now this is this is pretty pretty crazy thought here. So here's what the Gentiles used to do. So these are people that are far from God. They weren't weren't Jewish believers, okay? They didn't follow the Old Testament, but they had a lot of pagan gods, and they would actually, um, the way that they would pray to these pagan gods is they would have these, these phrases that they would repeat over and over and over and over again in hopes that their God would hear them. And Jesus says, don't be like them. Don't have these empty words that you pray. In fact, A great theologian, Dr. Robert Cook, who's passed away, he he said this. He said, all of us, we have one routine prayer in our system. Think about that. Do you have a routine prayer that you always pray, like just something you always do? He says, and once we get rid of it, then we can really start to pray. Have you noticed that, that, that people say the same thing over and over and over again in their prayers? It's almost like, you're hitting play. When someone asks you, hey, will you pray? You're like, sure, I'll pray. And then you just hit play and you forget about it. And you just go through the, the normal repetition. You know what, what's really funny? I've, I've seen this happen before where someone will come up on stage and maybe not comfortable praying out in public. And they're supposed to be praying for the offering or for the service or whatever. And they start praying for the meal. You ever seen that? I've heard that happen a couple times. And I, I was like, oh, man. Because they are they're, they're just, they're just go into autopilot, right? They just go into autopilot. We do that in front of, when we, maybe when we're going to bed or in when we're about to pray for a meal. Do you just go into autopilot when you pray? And Jesus says, don't go into autopilot. I think about my own life. When I was younger, um, I still remember how I started every prayer, okay? I would, go, I would go to bed, I would lay my head on the pillow, and I would pray this. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Dot, dot, dot. And I would continue my prayer and usually fall asleep in the middle of it, okay? That's, that's like how, that's how my, my prayers were when, when, I was, when I was younger. And I was thinking about this. Why do I pray that way? And my question is, are those empty words? And here's the deal. You can really pray the same prayer all the time and really mean it? Or the question is to check your heart and say, is it just empty words? And Jesus says, let me teach you how to pray. Look what he says next. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He goes on and finishes and says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so in the middle of, of this, this prayer that Jesus gives us, the Lord's Prayer. When we pray that, there's a problem often. We pray it and we violate verse seven because the verse before it says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think that, that they will be heard for their many words. And so this prayer is amazing, it's awesome, and you can pray it if you really believe it, but oftentimes we just repeat it as if it's some magical formula that God is going to, to hear and answer. But really, I look at this prayer, and I don't really see it so much as, this is exactly how you have to pray, this is the only, thing, only way you should pray, but it's more of, a, it's more of a, an attitude and, and posture to be followed. Think about this. Let me, let's go back to the last verse of that last uh, screen. So here, here it is again. So he's talking about being in awe of God at the beginning. So the question is, is your prayer life like that? Are you truly in awe of God? Are you submitting to his will? Or is it like, God, I need this, this, and this in my life, okay? Are you saying, God, your will be done in my life? Are you being dependent on God and saying, God, I need these things, and only you can provide these things for me. And then down here, he was talking about forgiveness. He's talking about a relationship. Do you have a strong relationship with God? You see how Jesus isn't saying this is exactly the, the magical words to pray. What he's saying is this should be your attitude and your posture when you're praying. So he teaches us that. That's the second pillar. Look at the third pillar. The third pillar is, is fasting, which is a really big thing Back then, look what the Bible says. Jesus goes on and says this in in verse 16. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, again, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So that people wouldn't realize that you're fasting, okay? Okay. Now, your fasting may may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. Now, what is fasting? Well, fasting, a lot of times we think about it with food. But fasting is when you give up something for a season so that you can be completely focused on God. And fasting is a good thing. Jesus fasted. A lot of people in the New Testament um, fasted. You know who else fasted? The, The Pharisees fasted. And the Bible says that they fasted on Mondays and Thursdays, like it was on their religious calendar, and every Monday and every Thursday, these religious leaders, they would fast. They would fast in such a way that everybody would know that they were fasting. So on Mondays, you you just know that Pharisee, is gonna wear the, the grungiest clothes, he's gonna walk around all sad, he's gonna disfigure his face and rub dirt on it. Why? So you know that he's fasting, right? You know what that's called? It's called the humble brag, right? And we do this probably more often than we realize. We had this, this humble brag. A lot of times we do it on social media. And so we'll, we'll post a picture and be like, hey guys, just hashtag blessed. I was just so blessed to be able to, to help this, this family out um, in line at the grocery store and y'all just pray for that family. What are you really doing? You want people to know what you just did. And so that's, that's an example of doing the, the right thing but honestly, the true motive is for the wrong reason. Here's another one. This is going to step on some toes, and I just apologize in advance. A lot of times on social media, some social media can just be, you know, it can just kind of consume you, and you get to a point where you're like, I need, I need space, I need to get away from social media. And so people put this, hey, guys, I just want everybody to know I'm just getting off of social media for a while. You know, I just need to get, you know, relationship with the Lord, and, you know, I'm just, you know all this kind of stuff, and see you guys later or whatever. But then you don't actually literally get off of it. You're like, I'll do that tomorrow because I really want to see the comment section and how people are going to, you know, are they going to be like, hey, man, you're awesome. You're just an incredible human being, you know, or whatever. Like you want to see what's really happening. And so there might be some good motives behind that, but there's this this sliver of this selfishness where you're saying, you know what, I really want people to applaud me. My motives are wrong. It's It's called the humble brag. It's where we completely miss the why of our what. We're doing, we're doing the right things for the wrong reasons. And honestly, to try to gain pity from people or even praise from people is missing the point. You know what Jesus calls us? He calls us hypocrites. It's a harsh word, but it's true. And all of us are guilty of it. So here's a question. How do you know if your motives are right? Because a lot of times we try to live out this Christian life doing the right things, okay? How do we know if our motives are right? Well, here's three outcomes that you could look at to show your true colors, like if your motives are really right. And it's this, that when you do something, are people blessed, okay? Are you growing in your faith in the middle of that? And is God getting the glory from that? So we go back to the giving example that Jesus gave. That's a great way to to look at that, where when you give, someone actually is blessed, right? You give someone 100 bucks, but man, bless you! You're like, that's awesome. And you know what? You might even grow in your relationship. You grow stronger spiritually. Like, you know what? I actually did something. I gave. It's it's a way. uh, I had to sacrifice, and so you grew in your relationship or your 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 your, uh, walk with God. But honestly, if your motives are wrong, then God doesn't get the glory. Who gets the glory? You get the glory. And that's what Jesus is trying to say here, is a lot of times we can do the Christian things, but we need to check, are we doing those things for the right reasons? And you have to have all three. And one of the best ways to, to show this to you is by um, playing a video from one of my favorite comedians, comedians is John Christ. okay? So you don't, you don't follow him on social media? I encourage you to do. Do that. He's a Christian who makes fun of Christians all the time. And this is him at the airport, pretending like he is a mission trip leader. Y'all watch this.
1: All right, first things first. I'm mean, gonna need everyone to wear this awful neon colored t-shirt. Everywhere we go, because what's the point of serving in a third world country if people in America don't know we're doing it? We do not have time to help that lady with her bags, okay? The mission doesn't start until we get to the country. Does everyone have their passport? We are splitting up, guys and girls, y'all cannot sit together on an overnight flight, absolutely not. Does anyone in this group speak any Spanish at all? Nobody? Okay, perfect. Day one is gonna be a rest day, okay? We need our rest. Day two is gonna be a shopping day, All right, Your grandparents and aunts and uncles have paid a lot of money for you to come down here. What better way to say thank you than some crocodile earrings. No, you cannot buy a jimbe. How are you going to get that home? Day three is a Sunday. We're going to go to church. All right. This is a super amazing church we're going to, but we're not going to understand anything because it's going to be in a different language. Does everyone have their passport? Day four, you guys, is when we really get down to business. We're going to paint a school. Are there skilled painters in that country that could probably do a better job than us? Yes, there are. Does this country have high unemployment and they could probably use the work? Again, also true. Was this school painted last week by the mission team that came before us? Again, yes, but that's not important, okay? We're gonna paint the school and we're gonna get some photos to send back to the church. I swear if one more person loses their passport, listen, guys, I understand things are gonna be difficult, we're gonna get tired, but we must never waver from our goal to get photos with minority children for our Facebook profiles. (laughs)
0: Is <laughs> that hit a little too close to home for some of us? <laughs> Woo! For me, um, especially. We can do that, can't we? We can do the right things for the wrong reasons. And now here's what I think Jesus is saying. In a simple way, he's saying this check your heart. Why are you doing what you are doing? Check your heart. You know, these three examples that Jesus gave. Those are just examples. That's not the only way that that we are hypocrites. I think in 2022, there are a lot of ways that we are fake. So let me give you kind of two ways that I I think that, that hypocrisy in 2022 is kind of rampant in the church. Let me show you the first one here. The first one is when Christians spy from the shadows. So let me explain this, okay? Just imagine how a Christian lives. That a Christian doesn't live out in the open, but really kind of lives in the shadows. And you're 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 in the dark, and you're hiding behind you're hiding behind a, a dark tree. And honestly, you look around the world, and you see people passing by, and you're calling them out for their sin. You're calling them out for for uh, their their bad uh, judgments, okay? You're calling them out for their addictive um, habits, for their, for their bad attitudes that they have. And you just you're look at those people and, man, they just don't, they just don't know what they're doing. And they, if they would just live the right life, then everything would be fine in their life. And you look at things like, man, they're, they're, they're alcoholics, okay? And they cuss all the time. And you look at these people's lives and you're like, man, if they could just change, things would be different. And the problem is, is that you as a Christian, you're literally hiding in the dark, wearing all dark clothes. And you're hiding behind a tree because you don't want people to see all of the junk that's in your life. And you're literally gossiping about them while you're judging them. And here's the deal. We, we have a lot of things in our lives that we have messed up. And we just need to own up to those things. So we love to call people out, but the reality is, is we got a lot of junk in our, our lives. I mean, all you gotta do is just go and look at your Spotify playlist. Anybody? All you gotta do is go and look at um, what, you, what you watch on Netflix. What's on your list in Netflix? All you gotta do is think about and look around at all the things that we hoard in our lives. Go to some of our, some of our homes and we, we, we we exist to keep stuff, right? Here's a, here's a big one. We loved to call other people out for their sin, and yet the church, if you look at who we are compared to the, the culture rest the rest of, the, rest of the, the country, do you know that 65% of the adults in um, America are either overweight or obese? Do you know that 75% of the church is either overweight or obese? And the reality is the worst denomination, <laughs> Southern Baptist. Why is that? Because we love the potlucks, right? We love to, we love to eat. But I get it. I, here's the deal. We can't call people out for their, their alcoholism when we have a, a gluttony issue, Right? And we love to hide that and say it's not that big of a deal. And I realize there's a lot of, I'm probably stepping on some toes and get some emails, whatever, okay? So, but, but um, we, we love to call other people out for their, thing, their things and their junk in their lives. And we love to hide our stuff. And we even justify it and say it is okay. And even for me personally, I have a, I have a problem, like, controlling the food that I eat. I don't know if it's the same. I know there's a lot of other reasons why people are, are overweight, And there's medical conditions and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is a lot of it is because we can't control ourselves. Because we've given ourselves to that thing. And in our culture, it's kind of okay. But there's some other things that aren't okay. And we love to call other people out for those things. And so we literally hide in the dark wearing all black. Why? Because black's pretty slimming. You know, people just aren't going to notice it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Here's another thing that we do. Sorry, I stepped on a lot of toes. My bad. We'll have to edit that. Okay. All right. Here's the second thing we do when Christians wear masks. We love to wear our masks. Now I'm not talking about these masks. I'm talking about these masks. Did you know that the word hypocrite is actually a Greek term for an actor up on the stage? So back in the first century, these hypocrites would get up on stage, these actors, and they, would, they wouldn't put makeup on. They literally wore different masks for different scenes. They would play different characters. And Jesus says, when you aren't being true to who you are, you are a hypocrite. You are a fake, and you're acting. And here's the deal. We love to pretend to be who we are not. You're either a, a Christian, and you hide it, so... You know, you love to talk a big game. You love to come to church. But then, you know, Monday through Saturday, you live a different life, okay? That's that's wearing a mask. When you go to work, it's wearing a mask. When you go to to school, it's wearing a mask online. It's wearing a mask when you're out in the community. You don't want people really to know that you are, are a Christ follower, but you love to come to church on Sunday. Or it's the reverse. I think there's a lot of people, and there's people probably in this room, who pretend like they are Christian, and they really aren't. They love to talk the game. They come to church, and they love to do the things that Christians do, but they've never really given their life to Jesus. And there's a problem with both kinds of people. And here's something i realized is that the mask that you wear, it really keeps you from living the life that God has called you to live. Another way of thinking it is this. Your mask is suffocating. It's suffocating you. It's suffocating your relationship with God. And it's suffocating your, your witness to the world. And the world is honestly, it's wondering who you are and what you're all about. And Jesus, in this passage, he is, he is begging us to show the world who we really are. So if you remember anything from today's message, you could remember this. Let me give you one way to change the world, okay, and yourself. How to change the world and yourself in one step. You, know, you want to know what it is? Take off your mask. We gotta take off our masks, guys. There's some things in our lives where we're fake. We're not being who we really are. In Romans 12, nine, Paul says, let love be genuine. Let your love be genuine. What he's saying is, let your love, how people will know if you're a disciple, okay, if you're a follower of Christ, let your love be without hypocrisy. To not be fake. And so, there's something we always say at the end of our, our sermons, at the end of our, our worship services, is we put this up on the screen, our mission statement right here to live for Christ, to love people, and to make disciples. And here's the truth that will never truly happen with a bunch of mask wearers, a bunch of people who are being fake. And God has given us this mission to live for Christ, like fully in our lives. He's given us this mission to honestly love people no matter who they are. He's given us this mission to go and share the gospel and to make disciples. And when we are fake to the world, people don't want what we're selling. So here's my question to you, we'll kind of wrap this up. What is fake in your life? How are you being a hypocrite? Maybe there's some things that you're doing that are really good, But you really need to get down deep inside of your your heart and check your heart and ask, am I doing those things for the right reasons? And so here's my, my encouragement to you. Don't stop doing those things. Just change the reason for doing those things. And give God the glory. Try to do something where no one finds out. Right? Well, no one will ever know. And God gets the glory. That's a pretty cool place to be. I know some of you guys do that and that's pretty amazing the way that you give and the way you serve you want anybody ever to know you know what God gets the glory but for a lot of us we have these ulterior motives in our lives what masks do you need to take off and if you're a Christian are you hiding behind your masks and you don't want people to know it around your friend groups around work those opportunities that God has given you to be a minister of the gospel to live the purpose of your life is to share Christ with the world. And yet we love to wear our masks, why? Because it's all about ourselves. My final question is this, are you faking a relationship with Jesus? Are you wearing the Christian mask, but deep down inside, you're not a Christian. You've never really truly repented of your sins. You've never really truly asked Jesus to come and be the Lord and savior of your life and to forgive you of your sins. And maybe today is the day that you need to do that. Maybe today is the day that you need to take off your mask. Can I, can I do something? Can I, can I pray for everybody? Could you bow your heads real quick? I just want to pray for, for you guys. Because I think there's a lot of us in this room, probably all of us. We all got masks on. All of us have issues. All of us have pride issues. We're all doing some things for the wrong reasons. And I just want to, to pray for you right now. Lord, I just... I thank you for everyone that's in this room. I thank you for everyone that's online right now that's hearing this this message from Jesus. And I pray, Jesus, that you would speak into their hearts. Holy Spirit, convict them. Convict all of us where we're, we're masking up, where we're hiding, where we're doing maybe even good things, but for the wrong reasons. Help us, God, to check our hearts and to change our ways. God, so that you can get the glory. That is the purpose of our lives, for us to share the gospel, share the good news of Jesus, and for you to get the glory in our lives. And I pray, God, if that is backwards, that you would change us. And I pray, God, for anyone in this room who is faking their walk with Christ, that the Holy Spirit, you just smack them upside the head today. (laughs) God, you would call them to repentance. And they would take that step, that honest true step. They would take their mask off and say, I need Jesus. They make that commitment today. God, whatever needs to happen this morning, whatever needs to happen throughout this week, I pray, Lord, you would change us so that we can give you the glory in our lives and so that lost people who are far from you can know who Jesus is. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Hey, they're just finishing up service in there and I wanted to come out and tell you that we love you guys and we're praying for you. If you made a decision today, we would love to hear about it. So you can email us at prayer at and we'd love to respond to you, pray with you, and just be in that communication because you just made a decision, that's awesome. We wanna celebrate that. Um, remember, as we go out into the world that we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. Have a good day.